Thank you for listening to this Belly Up Sports Podcast Network product. Some said we go belly up, so we made it our name. And we're still here. Think you know the Brooks Ghost? Think again. Introducing the all-new, better-than-ever Ghost 16. Now with nitrogen-infused cushioning for lightweight, supreme softness that feels good every step, every street, every single day. So go ahead. Take your daily joyride in the all-new nitrogen-infused Ghost 16. It'll turn your everyday miles into everyday endorphins. Let's run there. Head to brooksrunning.com to learn more. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hey everyone, this is Zach, the Barn Burner Bro. Thanks for tuning in for another episode of the Backdoor Cut Show on Dash Radio's Nothing But Net channel. This is a Memphis Grizzlies-centric show courtesy of the Barn Burner Podcast Network. If you like what you hear, please subscribe to the Barn Burner Podcast Network on iTunes, Stitcher, or wherever you get your shows. Leave us a five-star rating and let us know what you think. Also, you can interact with us on Twitter at Backdoor Cut Show. On this show, we will recap last week's games and spend a lot of time commiserating over the rough week that the Grizzlies just experienced, plus talk some Mike and Mark trades and the introduction of the Seattle Bowl, which will take place on MLK Day. But before we get started, a note from our sponsor, Blue Note Bourbon, a small batch bourbon artfully crafted in the Bluff City That pays homage to the musical roots and the musicians who made their name on Beale Street. Blue Note Bourbon. As smooth as an Omri Caspi Moonball three-point shot. Blue Note. Be noteworthy, Memphis. Now let's get it. friends and family to episode 23 of the backdoor cut show our michael jordan episode i'm here with a couple guys from the backdoor cut crew we're one man short slick rich will have to explain next week why he's absent this week uh something about car keys and uh we'll 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 save it for next week i'm sure we'll start off with it but with me today i've got our head honcho and founder himself the barn chief sam strance how you doing man 
what's going down? The Memphis Tigers are playing good basketball. The Memphis Grizzlies are not. We need to get the equivalent of the Memphis State jerseys for the Grizzlies. I don't know what those look like. I don't know what those could be. Uh, probably the Vancouver Grizzlies jerseys. We need to look into that and have some mm-hmm. good mojo. Uh, otherwise, things are looking real dismal down here at the, the FedEx Forum, half the time at least. Half the time. Uh, and Chief, where can everyone find you on Twitter before we get started? You can find me at The Barn Chief. Uh, and also, don't forget, I'm going to do a little plug for our other podcast we got going on right now. We got Theater and College Hoops, also on the Barnburner Podcast Network, uh, in addition to In the Can, which is our movie podcast, which we'll get firing up. Oscar season's approaching. The Oscars are in about a month. Nominations will be announced this week. So we'll be talking about a bunch of snooty movies the next month if you're tired of basketball. I'm tired of bad basketball. How about yeah. that? No. Well, then you might want to check out In the Can, my brew. <laughs> yeah. Also on the line, we got the West Coast Vino. Barn burner slim, the media mogul himself, the content king, Mason Massey. How are you, man? Man, I'm good. I'm good. Other than all these Grizz losses piling up. Uh 0 4 this week. One in nine in the last ten. It's hard out here for a pimp, man. But you know, <laughs> we got the Tigers playing well. So at least we got that to look forward to. And then my second team in the NFL, the Los Angeles Rams, uh cheated and were able to beat the Saints today. So that was cool. Uh, unfortunate for the Saints, but the refs just blatantly missed a bad pass interference call. But the Rams are going to the Super Bowl, and the Chiefs are currently leading the New England Patriots with six minutes to go in the fourth quarter. So Ooh. I'll be tuned into that while is we're it, recording. Is this year three of the Rams, the L.A. Rams, or is it year two? Uh, I believe it's three. And that's crazy, right? Like that's yeah. like that's like the Titans almost. Well, they fired Jeff Fisher, and and that can do miracles for a franchise. So, <laughs> as we've seen, <laughs> <laughs> awesome. So, uh, Mason, where can we find you guys or find you on Twitter? Oh, uh, you know, I'm at Barnburner Slim, man. You can find me there, and then don't forget to follow uh, the show's page at Backdoor Cut Show. Exactly. All right, let's jump into it. So, uh, anyone that predicted we'd get a win last week, unfortunately, we were incorrect. And right now the Grizzlies are 14th in the West, which means there's one team worse than us. The Suns. Ouch. We're five and a half games back of the eighth slot trailing the Clippers, the Lakers, the Kings, the Wolves, the Pels and the Mavs. So quite a hill to climb. If we are, you know, have any hopes of getting first in the playoffs, which, okay, whatever. Second of all, getting out of range of likelihood of getting in the top eight pick. So a lot of work to do if Memphis is hoping to convey that pick to Boston this year. You know, that's the hot topic going around. Uh, We will. Let's get a recap of the four really, really tough games that we had last week. Really, I I, I personally felt only one of them was actually fun to watch. And was kind of encouraging, and the other three were super discouraging. So early in the week, Grizz faced the Rockets, lost 94 to 112. Mason, I know you caught a lot of this one. What were some of your takeaways from that one? Well, obviously, we knew this one was going to be tough because James Harden is just playing out of his mind right now. He had 57 and 9, 18 free throws. He hit six three-pointers. But the funny thing about this one was we didn't get pummeled from the very tip off. Uh, We actually led after the first quarter, 29 to 24, kept it close throughout the second quarter. 
But once that third quarter hit, everything just started going downhill. The Rockets went on an 11-0 run, and unfortunately, like we've seen this team do time and time again, we just rolled over and died um, when the going got tough. We were outscored 33-22 to in that quarter. And the most alarming thing to me in this game versus Houston on Monday was the 24 turnovers. I mean, and the, the way we're turning the ball over, it's Mike and Mark are just passing the ball to the other team, giving them wide open runs in transition to the basket. Uh, and Mark averaged three turnovers per game this week, so it's going to be t- tough to win games with him doing that. And in this matchup versus Houston, who did not have Capella or basically any bigs, mind you, Gasol scored just five points. Uh, another weird thing was Javon Carter started, but then he only played 14 minutes, most of which came in mop-up duty after the game was out of hand. So it was really not the start you wanted to your week with just kind of the team basically looking like we didn't know what the hell we were doing. Uh, Daniel House for the Rockets had 15 points, and Gerald Green chipped in 14, but it was ma- mainly the Harden show and just more of the same from the Grizz. I saw some uh, thing about on, I don't know, Edmonton maybe <clears throat> was saying that the Grizzlies like are probably the only team in the league that start guys that then mop up as well. Yeah. Like, it happened you know, again later in the week too. Yeah. It was kind of a weird deal later. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, and I mean, very uncommon for obvious reasons. I mean, that, that it doesn't make sense. You usually have your best players start or at least a good rotation. And those guys are not on the floor at the end of the game. So I, rotations are weird and, I don't know who's to blame for that. I don't know if it's the front office telling JB or JB or what, but. And to be fair, we've had plenty of injuries. So, you know, somebody, somebody's got to be out there and mop up time to soak up minutes, I guess. True. All right. Then after that uh, disappointing performance, we played the bucks on Wednesday in the, in the forum. And Sam, I know you were, you were attending that game. What were your thoughts on that one? Well, first of all, the final score definitely does not tell the tale of the game. I mean, looks like a 10-point loss on paper, but it was really more like a 30-point game, 25, 30-point game for most of the game. Uh, the, the, the Our third string is better than the Bucks' third string. So if you want to find solace in anything, Grizz fans, just know that if the you know the third string's ever played, our, our third string would at least beat the Bucks in one game. Because it's really uh, our first string. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's definitely like uh, kind of fool's gold for sure. Uh, Giannis is... Pretty damn impressive to watch in person. Although he's, he might be starting three man on the all travel team uh, with 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 uh, James Harden at two in that because he just literally does whatever and there's a zero percent chance it'll get called. And I realize he got long strides. I realize he gets to the rim quicker than most people for that reason, or, or at least in fewer steps. But and there was a couple times where it was just like, I mean, what are you, what are you supposed to do with that? I mean, yeah. if you can do that, then you 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 should be scoring forty points a game. To be honest with you, um, but you know he's impressive to watch in person. I still really don't know what we'll do if he ever develops a shot. Maybe he never will, but um, I mean, just again, just nothing really to talk about in this game. No one impressed me. I guess Caspi had some good minutes and, and he efficiently scored seven points, six and had six rebounds in his limited time, which he always does seemingly do. Um, there was a couple energy points. I know, I guess we took a lead at one point, maybe a one point lead on a Mark three. And it looked like we might start dancing again, but then, like usual this season, uh, the plane went down and caught fire. 
Yeah, and nineteen we took a lead, and then they went on a nineteen zero run, and then the next thing you oh. know, we're, we're down thirty one. It, it, I mean, but speaking of how impressive Giannis is, uh, we could ask Mark, Mark Gasol that because he got a, a daily <laughs> yeah. a facial dose of uh, Greek freak dunking on his ass. And then Mark tried to get him back. And I don't I mean, I don't know if he was actually trying or if that was more for show because Greek freak had no problem just swatting Mark's dunk attempt out of there. So that was embarrassing. Well, that was a game. Jamichael had a great dunk, though, wasn't it on? Over Ilyasova, yeah, yeah, he, yeah, that, yeah, put him in a, a body bag. Michael that was good. Finally got him a nice dunk, uh, which has inspired me to write a best dunks article in Grizzlies history. So that should be ready to go tomorrow. All right, nice. Uh, Ooh, looking, looking forward, forward to, to that. reliving some of the best dunks in Grizz Nation. You know, I, I want to always think of is that Tayshawn dunk in the Western Conference semifinals uh, yeah. when he drove and dunked on like three Thunder players and kind of threw it in like. He just kind of had his go-go gadget arms, as Pranica says, and sort of like stretched it in. And it was out of nowhere. I was like, what? I was so hype on that dunk. And see, that's one a lot of people don't even think of. They, really? They don't remember mm-hmm. that one a lot. Yeah. See, that, yeah. that was because that was the, when we went. That was the game we won uh, yep. to, to send us to the Weber's Conference Finals. So it was a, a big win for the team and sort of the franchise as well. So I'll never forget that one. Are there any Zebo dunks on there? I'm just curious. Uh, like, did it, if he did a dunk, you know, it's kind of like uh, like Tyler so Harris. It's gonna win so the dunk I'm actually, contest. Like a rare Pokemon. I've actually filtered through my Zebo videos already, and none of there's plenty of dunks, but I don't think any of them are worthy. Uh, I, I was thinking about adding a little section for him and Mike in there, just as honorable dunks. You know, <laughs> just yeah. to say that they did it. But uh, let's get back. Uh, so fr- after the Bucks game, we played at Boston on Friday. And this was another loss. We fell 122 to 116. But for those of us in Grizz Nation who were just looking for a sliver of hope to hang on to, this game provided that, however false it may have been. Uh, Memphis took a six-point first-quarter lead, and then the onslaught from the opposing team came early, and the Celtics responded with the 16-0 run. And then the next thing you know, once again, They're up by 16 early in the second quarter after we had just had a six-point lead. But we bounced back, and we actually went into halftime with a four-point lead. Uh, And then the third quarter, Kyrie Irving got pissed off. He scored 20 of his 38, uh, and we were outscored by nine points in the third quarter, so we were trailing by five, entering the fourth. And honestly, Kyrie just kind of seemed to make mega superstar shots that no one on the Grizzlies can make right now to put the game away. Marcus Smart was hitting threes, Terry Rozier, uh, more, more of the same, just the team, the Grizzlies giving up wide open looks and allowing straight line drives to the rim. Jaron did score 23. Mike had 26, but Jaron was a team low, I guess, minus 21 in this one. And Mark had just four points, on one of 10 shooting, even though he did have 11 boards and 12 assists. But so the Celtics game, he had four points. The Rockets game, he had five points. And against the Bucks, he, he didn't have very many. On the week, he averaged eight points and seven boards to go along with three turnovers. Yeah, he, Horford pretty much, I, I felt like Aaron Baines and Horford just owned our, our big men pretty much. I know Jaron had ended up with 23 points, but. I, he hit two threes and I think another bucket in the last like three or four minutes that really didn't impact the game at all. So, so people looking at the box score were like, 
well, Jaron had 23. That's great. I wish, you know, I'll take that every game. But if you were watching the game, you would know that that didn't, it didn't impact the game. It came after the fact when it didn't really I, matter. I agree. I think it was definitely his least impactful 23 that he scored so far this season. And he he had foul trouble in a lot of these games all week. He's just, it's just, he's got to, like Brevin said, he's got to keep his hands up. Um, Brevin says it every game, it seems like, and Jaron just continues to get these small ticky-tack fouls that by now you had hoped he would learn to avoid getting, but that's I guess that's something to look forward to down the stretch of the season, him improving in that aspect. aspect. Yeah, I feel like a lot of times he's playing defense just bent straight up below the waist, knees not bent, and then just leaning over one arm like on on whoever's posting him up. And that's why he's getting called for a lot of these cheap fouls. Yeah, it's just habit habit forming. I think throughout the throughout the rest of the season and the summer will be huge for him in developing those skills to just not get called for fouls every time someone goes at you. But he did he was able to go at Greek Freak and get him in foul trouble, which actually sparked that run for Milwaukee. Um they went on a nineteen oh run with Giannis on the bench. So he, he would He's unguardable on offense, but he's just got to stay on the court. I wonder how the hell that happens. Him like having been grown up around a basketball family, theoretically would have been taught like really good principles growing up. And he's just always been able to block people's shots. Yeah. So you don't have to stick to your principles as much. Yeah. I feel like he's a guy probably that's grown a lot, you know, and kind of still grown into his body, uh, getting familiar with it. So yeah. We'll see. yeah. I mean, he'll obviously, he, there's nowhere to go, but up right now, man, like he, he cannot defend without fouling. Also, another guy played really well in that Celtics game for Memphis was Justin Holiday. Feel like oh, he yeah. finally had. He, yeah. I think I felt like that was his breakout Boy. game, both offensively hey, where, and where defensively. Where did he make his shots from? Just the corner. Oh my god! Where did he make them from? <laughs> he was over twelve. He made two of them. Hey, because he finally shot from the corner. Uh, he's had some from the corner before that, but not wide open like that. Uh, well, okay. Yeah, you should make the wide open ones. I'll give you that. Yeah, he he does not breach my pet peeve. Wide open corner threes in rhythm. <laughs> and I also want to commend him for his defense. Jason Tatum only had two points, and he spent a lot of time on him. So Tatum just this year, though. He, he's been down. Yeah, but I mean, he's still a good player that would be that guy who could score thirty on Memphis. Hey, just you ready for it? Like it? You ready for a random Justin Holiday stat? He finished the week <laughs> at a plus five in 24 minutes per game this week. So as bad as he's been, he was one of the few players to have a plus in the uh, plus minus ratings. And he was a plus five this week in which we lost four games by a million points. <laughs> so when he's our best player, that's not good. Is that what you're saying? <laughs> I don't know what the hell I'm saying, but that's, yeah. that's weird. <laughs> you heard it here first. We don't know what the hell anything <laughs> means. <laughs> Where are we? Tell you the, <laughs> we tell you the facts. You interpret them how you want. Yeah. <laughs> we don't make the decisions for you. No, we'll give you the facts. You get takes. Get your own takes. <laughs> Pound sign. All right, so uh, that game was kind of fun on Friday, I thought, watching. It was disappointing at the end, mostly because Kyrie just went. And, and that's what, like, a true NBA superstar does, and that'd be awesome to have one of those. I, uh, yeah, we're I'm in the market. Yeah. Well, we got one, maybe. But, oh, you're a superstar right now. Yeah, yeah. Like, yeah, yeah. Who can just say, screw this, I'm, I'm finishing this game. Let's, let's win and let's get the dub and go home. Yeah. 
All right. So uh, played back to back. So this was a uh, two games on the road Friday in Boston, Saturday in Toronto. Um, let's see for Memphis. Gasol didn't play because of a sore upper back, I believe. And then Noah was out for personal reasons. And then Valanciunas and Kawhi were both out for Toronto. So everyone was kind of shorthanded, uh, especially the bigs for Memphis, which had a bright spot. That means my boy got to play some Mr. Oh, Rab yeah. 13 and 11, but I'm in 21 minutes, which is cool. But ultimately it's hard to, you know, kind of compare that to the, he, he made a hook shot over Ibaka and I felt good about that. I was, I was proud at that point, but the moral of the story of this one. Um, so Memphis was down seven going into half playing very shorthanded. I was like, okay, we're hanging, you know, maybe Grizz will squeak this one out. Well, the third quarter Memphis gave up 45 points and scored 14. So they were outscored by 31 points in the third quarter. What, what do we have to do? We realize that the third quarter is where we just go in and completely suck and lose games. Can someone please figure out why that is? Like can some, there's gotta be someone in there who's like, huh, this is a quarter where we really need to focus and, and play hard and not suck. And I was just not seeing it. I was really, I was fed up at, at that game. And this final score ended up being 90 to 119. I mean, Memphis was down like 40 at one point. It was that, that was one of the worst Grizzlies basketball games that I've seen in a long, long time. And that, and I understand that Casal's out, but he's not been playing well. He's not been anchoring very much. I was just disappointed overall that by the, it didn't look like the guys cared out there. And I think that's what kind of hurt me the most. Yeah. And Danny green got corner three after corner three. Oh, yeah. yeah, yeah. I, Everyone I think, does that against us. I think he hit eight, eight. Of 12 from three. He had a season high of 24 points and chief to your point that saying everyone does that against us. Uh, we actually are 29th in the league in frequency of corner threes allowed. So that's next to last, meaning we allow more than almost anyone in the league. And teams are shooting a ridiculous 45% from the corner against us. So not only are we giving up a bunch of those shots, teams are making almost half of them. Uh, and it's just it, like we got wide stop. open. Yeah. And it starts with our on the ball defense. Mike and Shelvin are not necessarily great at stopping penetration. None, none of our guards are really. Um, so it's just so crazy to think back to that. This team was trying to be uh, the second round of grit and grinds with almost no players that can actually play defense. And speak, speaking of that, uh, oh, not shit, playing dude. defense. Oh my God. Yeah. I'm just about to let it all come out right now. Yeah. Zach yeah. Harper, yeah. Now, this is a good episode for that. I think yeah. Zach good Harper, episode. who is on Twitter as at talk hoops and writes for the athletic wrote an article, uh, analyzing the best and worst rim protectors in the league right now. And I clicked on it because I figured Mark was probably up there, but I didn't know if he was one of the two worst because that's as far as it went. It went one and two both ways. And Draymond Green was the first worst. Huh. And Mark Gasol was second um, on 5.2 attempts allowed at the rim per game. He, he was allowing the opponent to shoot 63.8%. 
And Harper said his rim protection is particularly poor when you look at that set of numbers that I just read off. And then he said Synergy Sports made him look a little bit better, but he watched some film and noted that he got some poor – He Mark was the beneficiary of some stat man just kind of giving him some stats. Um, so he, he swiped those out. And he talked about how Mark never has been super nimble, but always good because of his timing and skill to kind of think on defense. But then he had this video clip and it was just like three or four plays of Mark just letting people go right by him uh, to either dunk or lay it up. And he said, too often Gasol just concedes with a dusting of a contest that wouldn't affect any halfway decent NBA player um, in one clip. He didn't even seem to realize that Derrick Jones Jr. is there. In the next clip, he flat out gives up against a Blake Griffin drive and allows the reverse layups. And then on one against Drew Holiday, he doesn't even really try to get a good contest on the shot. Uh, but on the, a brighter side, he says, give Jaron Jackson the full-time responsibility. Uh, if Jackson would have made the cut, he would have been third best in the NBA if he had had just uh, 0.2 more shot attempts, I think. He would have been the third best rim protector in the NBA right now. Um, so just kind of an interesting thing to think about when you think about how the team is going to be built moving forward. But going back to Mark and the poor stats that I just read off about the whole team and what what we have to do in third quarters is Mike and Mark got to be better. It's as simple as that. Like our two stars are playing like shit. Um, they're turning the ball over. They're not giving effort on defense. And, you know, we can tinker with the outside of the rotation as much as we want. But when we're not getting it from those two guys, we're not going to win any games as we've seen over the last month and a half, two months. Sorry for ranting. No, that, that, I felt like that was a gut punch. Yeah. Cause like right. Mark started off the season. I remember sitting at games with, all right, I got a little Chief. more. I got a little more. Oh no. <laughs> <laughs> right. so, so these are from, head body, head body. These are from cleaning the glass. And this is where my onslaught will stop. Um, and on points scored per shot attempt, Mike Conley is in the 58th percentile of point guards, which is not very good when you consider that that goes up to a hundred and he should be a little better than average. And Mark is in the 21st percentile of bigs. And points scored per shot attempt, like in the 21st percentile for Mark Gasol. That's awful. Um, and then an effective field goal percentage, Mike is only in the 38th percentile for point guards. And Mark is in just the 16th percentile for big men. Uh, and this, this is bad. Like you want to be closer to the 99th percentile. Uh, for those of you who don't know numbers like me and have to read the little like things that, that come up when your mouse hovers over the, <laughs> the explanations. The yeah. And then on two point attempts percentage, Mike is just in the 29th percentile of point guards and Mark is in just the 10th percentile of bigs. Oh, so just n none of the numbers support them like being worth anything so far this season. So it's just more to the point that if they don't bring it, then we're not going to win any games. And Maybe that's why not make not trading either one of them is best case scenario because we can't get much worse. Yeah, you just I feel like you just tanked and tor or torpedoed their trade value right there. <laughs> Hopefully, no rival GMs are listening to this and be like, "Oh man, we don't need those guys." <laughs> <laughs> Give me some G League folks. Here's what I suggest: we get uh, Adam Silver on the horn 
and you read those stats to him, and maybe they'll just give us the first pick. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. Yeah. Like, come on. We can't, you don't want us to be bad forever. Like you need, you need to diversify your talent. Commissioner. Commissioner. <laughs> All right. So, so that's the week that was Oof. Grizzlies sucked it up. Mike and Mark are not playing well. Uh, there was a meeting with owner Robert Para, right, bro? There was. Yeah. He was, uh, he came in town to Memphis, met with Mike and Mark um, during the week on a random weeknight, random occasion. Cause he's typically not noted for being at the games. Uh, the, so obviously that brought a lot of speculation from people of, is he telling them like, Hey, this is the direction we're going to take. Are we going to start to, are, are, you, are we going to trade you guys? And the, the parties involved at least directly have not given on very much. Mike said, yeah, he comes to town every once in a while. And, you know, we talk, you know, Mike and Mark as the figureheads of the team, that makes sense. And Mark, Mark didn't, he didn't want to have anything to do with it. He was just like, yeah, it's a personal conversation. Don't worry about it. That's no fun, man. Come on. Tell us something. (laughs) Uh, But that happened. Um, You guys want to go into your ballers of the week or I don't need like miniature mini ballers. They can't even be full ballers when you lose four games. I feel like, man, I guess I got to go with my boy Caspi, the cast God. Uh, he only averaged 12 points, but he did it on 45% shooting from deep. But this guy showed some fight, man. And yeah, that's, yeah. that's all you can ask for right now. Like at, after being involved in the physical altercation with Garrett Temple, um, it's nice to just see someone responding and playing hard out there, uh, even if his skills are limited and he might not be a great teammate and everything else. I, I'll give a hat tip to Caspi this week. For sure. Uh, Sam, who do you think is your Blue Note Baller of the Week in this very bleak week? Yeah, I mean, shout out to Blue Note. Uh, it is bleak, and and really, I just do not – like, I pull, you do, you send out this nice little weekly stat thing, and, you know, you can read on there who was good this past week and make your selection very easy, and you can look around here. You you can see, you know, some guy sucks, some guy really sucks, some guy also sucks. And and what I what I don't like to do is – I just feel like nobody deserves this award. I know it might be a cop out, but I haven't seen, you know, you guys are going to say Caspi and that's great. And I just don't want to be another person saying that. Um, so I just, I just refuse to give this award to anybody. I mean, so, you, I, so it, you're not given a participation trophy. No, it's 2019. And, and maybe once this gets to the locker room, once they hear that I didn't give this award to anybody, that might be the spark that lights uh, the fire that, that starts the Grizz to, uh, yeah. to, to tank. I don't know. I don't know what I want. <laughs> we might talk about that, but I just can't, I can't abide the shit, man. Like literally like, like we talked about, no one was an aggregate plus, uh, this week, except for, you know, Justin holiday, Ivan Rabin, limited minute, you to Watanabe in very limited minutes, but I just can't, what the hell is so that? Hustle, what the hustle. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. The Memphis hustle came to they town hold down the fourth quarters that when the, the game's out of control, pretty good. And I've got to say, man, I am like, just ready to, and we'll talk about, you know, tank, do you tank or do you want to send that pick or what do you need to do? We'll, we'll probably discuss that, but, but my body is ready to rebuild and and get some stars here that are going to try for this team uh, and aren't aging and checked out. Fair enough. Yeah. I was going to, I was going to say Caspi too. So I won't elaborate because they're, well, I will say he scored in double figures three times this week. Um, got a lot more minutes. I think he played 
every game this week, he played more minutes than uh, in three of the games this week, he played more minutes than any other game uh, prior to this week. So with some of the injuries and other things, he's getting some playing time with his goofy moonshot, but (laughs) I'll, I'll be dang. He's efficient. So that shit goes in, man. I, I'm uh, like, yeah. where, after he leaves Memphis this year, I'm going to follow him and I'm going to root for him. I'm yeah. gonna, like, he plays hard. Uh, he, he had a really good showing and uh, yeah, nothing negative to say about the guy other than maybe he's like misses on his punches. <laughs> you got to land those punches. Yeah, man. All right. So quick bum of the week, you know, yeah. Going to the games, the games sometimes are uh, they're ugly to watch sometimes. Mm-hmm. Uh, so something that I've kind of been noticing for a while, but I kind of want to call out. And if you're on this level, just it's not it's pretty obvious to everyone watching. So my bum of the week goes to creepy guys that like use their like infant children or toddlers or something to take pictures with the Grizz girls. And they're like, oh, take a picture. And they're just like, they're just using that as an excuse to like get a picture with all of them and like put their arms all around them and everything. I just, you see it. I, f- I feel like I see it at least two to three times every single game. And that that's my bum of the week. I know we haven't done one yet this year. I don't know if you guys have it, but I just needed to air my grievances on that. It all, It always happens right in front of us. So it's like super obvious when it's happening. You can see people like plotting to their, their buddies. They're like, hey, you can take this picture. I'm going to go ask them. I'm about to get this picture done. And then they take it. And then I talk about it for several minutes after it happened. So mm. there's several more minutes that I just took taking it. <laughs> it's kind of goofy. I will say weird, uh, awkward, but uh, if, unless they're divorcees, if they are like divorced dads have custody of their kids, then shoot your shot motherfucker and use your kid to your advantage to hit on young women. <laughs> Uh, shout out to Mar- the girls, man. Shout out to the girls. Yeah, shout out to the girls. Yeah, they're hanging they're, in there. They're, out there they're, they're fighting. Them and Caspi, they're fighting. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, they may give my Luna Ball of the Week to them. Hey, oh, Chris that- girls. They probably have a good plus minus. That makes sense. Yeah. Either you guys have any bum of the weeks, or is I the only one that needed to get that off my chest? No, I, no, I, I don't have one. The whole team. Got it. Cool. All right. So <laughs> we'll go for some news from at home and around the league. Uh, some things recently, Lonzo ball, uh, for the point guard for the LA Lakers who had knee surgery this summer. And, uh, uh, he's been working back from that. So he sprained his ankle. He ran into a rocket the other night. I think it was last night. Uh, MRI came back. He's going to be out four to six weeks with his ankle. Uh, so that's some new, something I saw on Reddit. I felt was pretty interesting. Is that so? I had to at first. I didn't really understand what this meant, so I had to click on the link. So Buddy Heald has the third highest career three-point percentage. Buddy Heald of the Sacramento Kings, uh, among active players, behind only Steph and Kyle Korver. So what that what that actually means is that he's so for his career, he's shooting forty-two and a half percent. He's really it's 10th all time is what it's showing on basketball reference and only two of the nine guys ahead of him are or have better averages and that's Steph and Kyle so I thought that was pretty interesting because he's made a really big leap 
Um, every year, every year he's been in the league, he's gotten slightly better. And he has really become, I think he's, he's one of the Kings leading scorers this year, but he's really making an impact on that team. And that I think he's really a guy that you would like to have on your squad. Uh, but that, that's just kind of something that I thought was a pretty interesting note from around the league. You know, Reddit has mostly useless things, but I thought that was pretty interesting. And then Slim, you got some notes in here about Boogie. I, I hadn't kept up with, uh, I, I saw he's back. I didn't really see what happened in the game that he played. Boogie is back. Um, no other notes around the league matter. Golden State's going to win. Boogie was dunking it. He was shooting threes. He was running up and down the court. He didn't look uh, – he wasn't running exactly like he used to, but it, they're going to be a problem. And Boogie is going to fit right in. He's knocking down threes. He can run the floor. He can rebound. Uh, Golden State, it's, it's over. It's over. Damn. So, so he came back looking just as good as if he just left. Yeah, pretty much. I, I saw his first possession was like he drove to the rim and, hit, and shot it off the bottom of the backboard. But yeah, then I guess he, he, ho- he hooped right after that, huh? Yeah, he had some uh, some jitters. It appeared, but yeah, he had a big tomahawk dunk right after that, and then he he just played. He only played like fifteen minutes, and he fouled out. So he's got to <laughs> he's got to get that down. But and obviously he's got to get into game shape, but. On that team, there's plenty of time for that, and they can just ease them along as they please. They're back in first in the West, and they absolutely destroyed the Nuggets in their matchup the other night, kind of sending a message that rang, I'd say, loud and clear throughout the Western Conference and probably the NBA. Um, the Bucks, I think, might be on pace to win more games than them, but you, you got to think the Warriors are, once again, just the heavy favorites. Bro, I, do, I don't believe in the Nuggets, man. Like... They seem like good regular season team, but just I don't know about in the playoffs. I, they, they kind of freak me out a little yeah, bit. Cause, cause yeah, because they've never been in the playoffs. So you can't trust them, you know? Yeah. What are, what are they going to do? And who – I mean, I know they got a bunch of guys that can light it up, uh, but I don't who know. Who can take over a game? Yeah. A playoff game. Can Jokic do it? Uh, maybe some games. I guess it depends on the matchup, but I, I'm with you. I'm not fully in on them. You just got to stop Murray. Uh, you got to stop another guy from getting his, you know, you you can let Jokic get like 25 and, you know, eight or whatever, but you just can't have anyone else go off. But yeah, Yeah. I don't know. I don't know. I mean, they're probably, they're a lot like the Grizzlies and only in the sense that, you know, that they haven't proven themselves yet. So until they do, like, I guess we did finally winning a playoff series, uh, I'll, I'll abstain from essing on their D. Yeah. I cheer for him because of Barton, Will Barton. He's, and he's just Will getting through. back and yeah. starting to get going. So maybe he'll be that go-to guy down the stretch in the playoffs. And uh, we'll get to see him making some big time buckets. If he wear one of the Memphis state jerseys underneath his Nuggets jersey, <laughs> he might. Very true. And um, this week I, I didn't keep track it too much, but I know Kyrie been complaining about the young guys on the Celtics how they just can't close out games and everything. And he made a call, a little call to his old friend of me. Would you call it phone LeBron? Phone <laughs> <laughs> so what, what exactly uh, happened with that phone conversation? Uh, he basically said he had to call LeBron and apologize for being a young being a little yeah, bitch is what I read. And basically called out all of his teammates, implying that they were being little bitches right now, and he is the equivalent to LeBron. Um, just some dumb shit from Kyrie Irving, man. That he, the things he says in the media just 
amaze me every time that shit comes out of his mouth. Like, why would you even bring that up? That I don't know, just a bad decision on his part. I feel like. Yeah, I feel like you're way better off just not, not say, just coming up with some generic answer. It's not like the Celtics are like falling out of the playoff race or anything. You know, they're right in there. They're gonna be a top like three seed. Just chill, man. Yeah, and some. And if you're pissed off, just score forty points, and then you win the game. You know, no big deal. Exactly. People were saying like it takes a big man to do that, which yeah, I guess it does. Whatever, but like then it's also more bitch assness when you put your dirty laundry out there in the media, like with your current team. So and and like run to LeBron for help. Yeah, I'm not with it. Yeah, uh, so definitely some bitch assness there. I play a little devil's advocate. The only reason maybe this is good is to spur the team on i I think more effectively would be a conversation in the locker room than letting it bleach a bleach report or whoever but or woge but i don't know you know maybe the young guys now will start playing because they know everyone's eyes are on them for being called out effectively i don't know i mean that's the only positive i could see from it leaking if it even works that way or are they going to trade Kyrie's ass to the lakers (laughs) might as well there's no way he resigns uh but that's like the new Boston thing. It's like them being super mm-hmm. self-conscious yeah. about him leaving and being mad anytime someone says like, oh, he's leaving. And then they, they post <laughs> yeah. like article or like they post like videos of him making a shot and getting hype in a Celtics jersey. And they're like, see, he's definitely staying. Yeah. <laughs> like, what are you talking about, dude? Just because he got excited? Like, <laughs> whatever. <laughs> yeah, whatever. And, then, and then Hayward kind of sucks. Yeah, he does. Would they should have tra- traded him last summer. Someone was talking about it. I can't remember who it was, which podcast or article, but it was like a Gasol for Hayward trade. Would you take him on? Yeah. How, how long is the con? I mean, he's how long is the contract for Hayward? Any idea? Like three, three more, more years. years I think. Yeah. Oh, dang. So like pretty long. I mean, yeah, I guess. <laughs> Mark ain't helpful. I don't know. He, doesn't look, he doesn't look very good, but yeah. he's also on a team with a bunch of good people. Imagine him here. He'd be a superstar again. I'm too struck <laughs> on the white guy, Chandler Parsons comparisons, surgery after a bad injury. Like I, I, I couldn't do it. I'd rather just let Mark walk in the off season. Really? Okay. Yeah. I mean, that would tie up more, you know, continue to tie up more cash space for sure. Um, fuck. I don't know. I don't know I, what I, I don't do. have an example in mind of a restricted free agent, but I would rather make an offer with Mark's freed up cap space. D'Angelo Russell, my dude, to someone else. Then Gordon Hayward, I'll say that. Angelo yeah, Russell, he's there for it. Deloading is uh is 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 there for you to give that that money to. Hey, that's your boy. He had a forty piece the other night. So Hey, you know who's never had a forty piece in his career? Uh, I know, Mac I 11. know, I know, I know. Mac eleven. Um, you know how old D'Angelo Russell is? Twenty two. Yeah, you know who's never won a playoff game yet? D'Angelo. You know who's a snitch, Has he been in the playoffs bitch? yet? Yeah. Okay. 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 That's business and then there's personal. <laughs> yeah. I can't fuck with him yet either. Hey man, we got to get Don Corleone, man. You know, this is, this is all business, not personal, you know, Godfather. It's on Netflix. Everyone watch it. <laughs> all right. What's next on the schedule, bro? All right. So, uh, news at home. We briefly touched on the pair of meeting with Mark and Mike, which may or may not have been anything. Bleacher Report and others have discussed uh, trade rumors involving Mark. So that's kind of uh, so th- this summer he can opt into another year of his contract or he can opt out. 
and he's getting like 20, 26, 27 million, something like that. So that's kind of the discussion right now is where Memphis is with the trade deadline coming up on February 7th. Do they attempt to move Gasol before the trade deadline or do they take their chance, get to the summer and see if he resign or opts into his contract or maybe can negotiate uh, extended years, but lower, um, lower salary like Zebo did uh, that. So a lot of that talk's been going around. I, I honestly, I change my mind on it all the time. Uh, Mason, do you have any, I know you just mentioned that you would kind of prefer that out of anything, if we didn't have a specific plan just to kind of let Mark walk this summer, is that, is that your overall overarching thoughts? Well, when I think of it that way, it's basically me thinking that this team, if we make a trade, we might get better because we can't get much worse right now. Um, So in theory, it's kind of expediting the the process to get someone around Jaron Jackson, another talented player, because I, and this is my belief, and that's just that I don't believe that the Grizzlies are going to get out of the top eight for the rest of the season based on what we've seen so far. So in this case, Mark Gasol walks at the end of the year, signs somewhere else. Um, then you have that uh, aforementioned money to throw at a restricted free agent more than likely. But I I don't have strong feelings either way. I mean, if we trade him now, uh, maybe you find a Buddy Heald type deal for Boogie Cousins, but I just don't think we're going to get anything like that. I don't th- think there's a team out there willing to make that move for Mark Gasol like the Pelicans were last year. I could be wrong, and if the right deal comes along for him or Mike, then I think you have to move him at this point. Uh, I, I 2021 is it's a long time away and it's hard to predict the future. So I'm not necessarily attached to, we have to have a pick during that draft. Um, or maybe we trade one of the guys we pick within the next two years, or maybe Jaron stops developing and we trade him, which I don't think will happen for a pick in 2021. So there's always ways to get picks. Yeah. Yeah. As of right now, I'm like, let's just get some talent around Jaron and start building, building the future of the franchise. What However you, that may be. Would you do uh I mean I guess kind of the Buddy Hill trade would be like a the idea would be is that you have a team is trying to make a run, trying to like do a have a splash trade, and they have like a young player that they maybe they're not super high on at the time and are willing to let them go for like an older, more experienced, good, you know, theoretically good player like Buddy Hill we saw, um, who who really didn't look good before now and looked yeah. to be kind of a bust. So right. would you do Mark for not that this would have, I'm not saying this is a realistic option, but like Mark for Dennis Smith Jr. and DeAndre Jordan is an expiring. Absolutely. I would. Yeah. I think that's the, I mean, I think that's pretty like un, unlikely, obviously, but that's the sort of, if you, if you are going to do a trade, you've got to either get a pick future pick or future pick second rounders or whatever. And, and uh, or a young player, like that could turn into something. You don't want to Hayward is probably not a good, you know, upon reflection, probably not, wouldn't be a good trade given that he's on the books for longer and we're not trying to win now. So. um, Yeah. Really. You just be kind of like wasting their, I guess what should be prime years. You really want someone who like hasn't blossomed yet. And someone isn't patient enough to wait around to see if he is going to be good, but that you think he's good. 
Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you get a guy who provides Buddy Heald type production and you still have Mike Conley and Jaron takes the leap that we'll think he'll take in a year two and that might be a playoff team. And then you convey the pick that year, you know? So there's a lot of things you got to factor into this. And I, I just, it's too much to dive into, but I'm not super, super compelled to say we have to do this or we don't have to do that because I think we're kind of headed towards the same direction either way. I got my eye on uh, Palenka and magic over there in LA, man. Like that, you know, they are, you know, I feel like every week there's some tweet picture of magic or Palenka standing in some conference room, looking super stressed. And like, you know, like one of those like off guard picks where they're like yeah. looking down at a pad of paper. Are they, are they wearing uh, yeah. like all blue? Yeah. Yeah. They got uh, backwards. Hat on. So no, yeah. Okay, good. Elite. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Shout out Penny. And I, I, they're, situation where LeBron's hurt and they're, they got a bunch of young guys and they don't look to be good enough. And it seemed like it was going to be cool to LeBron for a while, but now you, you see all these pictures of, you know, them LeBron talking to them and we don't know what they're talking about, but you got to think like LeBron's starting to feel a little pressure because it doesn't look like they're going to get Kawhi, you know, and it doesn't look like they're going to get KD. So I, I could see them making deals for guys like Mark, um, to be, you know, a third, fourth option on a team and, and giving up a Josh Hart, a Brandon Ingram, a, you know, a Kuzma, one, one of those guys, that would be the mm-hmm. ideal situation. But that's, those are the teams you got to target and start like whispering in their ear now and saying like, Hey, we'll, we'll trade you Marcus all. And you know, he's going to be better than one of those guys. Like if he doesn't have to be the guy, especially when he plays with, uh, I'm not saying he would be either. I'm just saying like, you can, you can convince a team that I think when they're desperate right now, we got a Jeff green, somebody, we got a Jeff green, somebody. Yeah, I mean, and the thing is, I think that the front office or para or whoever is making the decisions has to be willing to pull the trigger and not get cold feet because you hear these past stories of this deal was on the line, this deal was on the line, and for whatever reason, the Grizzlies did not, you know, do the the final agreement and the trade didn't go through. So we'll see, man. I, I don't know. I think to me, it's kind of interesting. So if you're thinking of an ideal suitor for Mark, it's a team that wants to be competitive, make a push in the playoffs. If you go down the list, most of the teams already are set at the five. You got uh, in the East, you got the Heat, the Hornets. You know, they're towards the bottom end. They could probably use use a center, I think. Yeah, both of those. Bleacher Report had a huge heat deal that was like five of their players for Parsons and Mark. Something that like I feel like would probably never happen. That and some picks. And then over in the West, most of the teams are set uh, outside of, you know, the Lakers are kind of right there on the fringe. So I agree with you, Sam, that that would be a team that, you know, they take Mark. He, he may opt in or renegotiate. They still got room for a max guy next summer. Uh, and I think that would be a pretty sweet deal for him. Also something that I realized the, uh, the other day was that at this point, I feel like almost Jamichael Green and Marcus Saul's trade value are very similar. Like, yeah, it's probably some, not too much off. For, for some like uh, second round picker. Yeah, that, that was really sobering. And that's the same trade value that was rumored that Tyreek Evans had this time last year. 
and this is Marcus all we're talking about our the Grizzlies max player, you know, so, who's been here forever and that we've, we've been leaning on. So that, that's kind of a sobering thought um, in actuality. And that's, it's, it's kind of depressing because Jermichael has been that, that man should get paid some next year. And I'm, I'm glad for him, uh, whether it is in Memphis or not in Memphis, you know, all right. Um, so Mark's trade value. Next, something that kind of started on Twitter, grew legs. Oh, it grew. started in the group chat, I think. From from the Slack. As all things, <laughs> yeah, on a Slack. Yeah, exactly. Hey, so, we're hip with the times, dude. Yeah, yeah. So, so started there. Went to Twitter. Started doing some crowdsourcing. The chief got some traction. Got got some friction, really. Uh, his, his question was simply, would you trade Jaron for uh, Jaron Jackson Jr. for Luka Doncic? You know, that that I think that's all. Is that right, Sam? That's all that the poll said was just that simply. Yes. It wasn't trade? like, yeah, is Luka better than Jaron or vice versa? Anything like that. It was just, would you trade Jaron for Luka? He tagged a bunch of Grizzlies and Mavs folks, a bunch of fans from a lot of different teams who've hopefully watched NBA to to kind of see what the response would be there. Uh, you, you want to walk us through some of your discoveries and some of the, some of the, um, the pushback that you may have gotten. Yeah. I mean, I, you know, I, I kind of wanted to know uh, how the, the Grizzlies fans thought of Jaron and like how, you know, like, cause obviously our following is predominantly Grizz based. And so I thought, Hey, let's see how much people love Jaron. Cause like Luca gets a ton of love right now. And this feels like a sort of poll that might be instructive on the feeling around Jaron. So the poll got like a, a thousand and fifty seven votes, which is pretty good. Certainly not indicative of anything really. You can't make anything conclusive on this, but I thought that was a good enough to like kind of get a sense of at least the, the Grizz Twitter uh, and what they thought. So forty five percent said yes, they would trade Jaron for Luca. And 55%, therefore, the majority said, no, they wouldn't. They'd keep Jaron. Um, the trade is straight up, so there would be nothing else involved. They said they'd keep Jaron. Uh, this this uh, might have been a little skewed uh, because any Mavs fans would probably love to keep Luka, and so they probably voted uh, They probably voted yes in a sense of – I'm sorry, no. Uh, they probably were part of that 55 majority because they would want to keep Luka, so maybe skewed, but I don't know. Like The thing I gleaned from this is that – uh, first of all, that nobody reads actual articles because everyone thought this or, or can read it all apparently because uh, the, the Twitter, the tweet is not asking who's better. Um, and really it's a loaded question because it's about who will become better. And that's kind of the million dollar question with respect to these two guys. Like, and I, I don't know. I mean, I, I don't have anything to extrapolate from this. I, I think y'all said you would not do it. I probably would um, trade Jaron for Luca. And, but there are, you know, the last four years of draft classes, including Ben Simmons, that I would not trade Jaren's action for. Just Luca happens to be that one guy, happens to be in the same class, that he's just a guy I think that is going to be a monster. And I mean, already is at 19. And, uh, and we'll continue to figure out how to score with these refs. I think he's already getting superstar calls. Just imagine him in five years. I mean, I, he's going to take a James Harden leap in even year three. Uh, so, you know, and... He's a marketable guy, like as we've seen. The Mavs, get, you're getting a lot of love, and it's not like they're much more prestigious than the Grizzlies in terms of like league prestige, but they'd have won a title, but they are 
I mean, they got Cuban and he's kind of crazy and yeah, shit. I but, mean, they're, they're leaps and bounds above the Grizz. Yeah, but they're not like the Knicks or something, you know? Like, not they're, scoring they're, all they're the free We didn't hear a damn thing about the Mavs for like the past five years. Like, I mean, think about it. Like, we really didn't hear much. Like, no one gave a shit about Dennis Smith Jr. really or like Harrison Barnes. Like, uh, and now they, now they do. I mean, take that for what it will. Like, I, I'm just saying it's, it's significantly more coverage now than there was before he was there. But they're always players. They're always a threat to get free agents whenever – um, they were in the in play for KD before he went to Golden State. I never get him though. Nah, I mean they got they finally got DeAndre through trade, I guess. But yeah, they haven't gotten any lately. But I, I still think that they are league wide. They are a lot more respected than, than the Grizzlies. Yeah, I they mean, got I, Rick Carlisle, one of the best okay. coaches ever. Yeah, I mean, I mean that doesn't have to do with league prestige. They're though. a stable organization. <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah, they're they're better than the Grizzlies, but no, so you know whatever. Like I don't, I just thought that was interesting and something that that it's good. I mean, it's good that the Grizzlies fans like Jaren. I feel like we're the only ones that do know how good he is because uh, he he isn't really on TV a lot, and he is like a good franchise guy too. He's a great public face and can do the PR shit too. So it's uh it's it's honestly they're they're one and two in the class, and I really don't know. We won't know who's better until like year five. I mean. And then, then we'll do another poll. Yeah, I think for me, if the Grizzlies were closer to winning now, I would have voted for Luca. But just knowing how far away we are, um, and J- Jaron has less mileage than Luca, um, and seemingly to me, he has more upside. Not taking anything away from Luca, I think he could be great. It wouldn't surprise me if he was MVP. Um, by the way, Chief and I have a, a bet on that um, for, throughout their careers that Luca will not win NBA MVP. Um, and I got the field. <laughs> so, so um, you know, they're both uh, project to be great players and I think are going to be faces of not only their franchises, but of the NBA for a long time to come. So there's no right answer to this, it's just but it is a fun topic to debate. Yeah, some people were obviously very passionate about it. And like you said, Chief, they like literally didn't read anything. They just they didn't understand the the spirit of the question. They're like, no, Luca's way better this year. Jaron's this. And it's like, okay, you got to this is like a really long range question. It's not just purely who is playing better this season. I think that answer is pretty obvious, but uh, just long range. You have to take a lot of things like franchise other things into uh, consideration there. But uh, you can, if you are interested, you can find that article also on the website, the hyphen barnburner.com and chief kind of breaks down some stats. Um, just some of the responses that he got. If you need a little chuckle and want to see people get triggered about something that is really irrelevant for a couple teams that won't make the playoffs this year anyway. All right, so coming up, Grizzlies have not quite the gauntlet that they had last week. So they've got, uh, I think it's a five-game homestand coming up, if I'm not mistaken. And then you're right. So we're recording this on Sunday night, and uh, tomorrow's MLK Day, so they'll have the MLK Day game against New Orleans. On TNT, baby, let's go. Mm. Dino, my, does that mean the game lasts a lot longer? I'm not used to, yeah, to like yeah. network games. Damn. Yeah, it does. But okay. MLK Day is the best day 
uh, every season for the Grizzlies. And it's the day that makes me miss being away from the Grizzlies uh, the most. It's just a good, good day all around the panels and the reflection and everything that the organization does is, uh, is pretty good. And so unfortunately, or fortunately, I guess, however you look at it, uh, Anthony Davis, he had a, a hand injury, so he's going to be out a couple weeks. So he will not be playing against the Grizzlies. Well, they're just going to give it to that Frank Jackson guy like they did last time and let him light our asses up. Yeah, uh, let's hope not. You know, I don't, I don't let's know hope. what to hope. Hey, if, but, if if there's a game to get a winning streak started, it's against the Pelicans without AD. Yeah, he, they have one of the best offenses in the league, and he is obviously a huge, huge, huge reason for it. Uh, guys to kind of fall back on Drew Holiday, Nikola Mirotic, Julius Randle, Etwan Moore. Those guys will kind of try to pick up the slack. They're not a super deep, super deep team. So without without their leader, you know, and the thirty guaranteed points per game, that could that'll about bring them down to still more than the Grizzlies can score in a game. But we'll see. Yeah, and then Wednesday. Uh, Hornets. So you obviously got Kimba, Marvin Williams, Malik Monk, Jeremy Lamb. Those guys coming in. Marvin town. Williams. <laughs> and he, talk about yo, Marvin. dude. Look, <laughs> the average, what's the average in like nine and nine? Bro, uh, you know it's gonna be like thirty because you just said that shit. This is classic yeah, no. you. Classic he's, you. He's averaging Kimba's, Kimba's ten, ten and five, dude. Oh, even how, worse. How many Kim, Grizzlies Kim, are averaging ten Kimba's and five? Gonna get fifty, and <laughs> Nick, Nick Batum might get his game back. But yeah, Kemba Kemba might cause some problems. Then we got who after that? The Kings. Yeah, on Friday, and they they play so fast, they give us fucking fits. Yeah, that's a man. The Kings are just fun team right now. Fun young team can do a lot of different things, but also three very winnable games. I mean, it's the Pelicans, the Hornets and the Kings for God's sakes. Like if you if you're going to beat anybody, it, it's these three franchises. Like, yeah, like yeah, the, talking about league integrity, th- those three <laughs> like three of the ones below the Grizzlies barely. I, I think of every game against New Orleans as like who is going to get to stay and who has to move to Seattle. So <laughs> Yeah, it is. It's like the Seattle Bowl. Every time, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that should be always starting no, on. We hit some shirts. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Seattle, Move New Orleans to Seattle. I guess we got some uh, uh, social media material for tomorrow. <laughs> yeah. Oh God, uh, watching these two teams slog up and down the court and just <laughs> with not yeah, even no want to fly st- back to their homes. <laughs> no stars or stars that are sucking. Or stars that it won't be there the after that are yeah already given yeah giving their pink slips to their general manager. Yeah. All right, so after those three games, after that we got Indy and Denver, and we all remember what the Pacers did to us on opening night. Albeit we no longer have Chandler Parsons for Bogdanovich <laughs> to just blow by, um, but we also suck, and they don't. And then Denver, pounce on analysis. I'm here for that. <laughs> so We're cleaning the glass too. They don't <laughs> suck, and we suck. Hey, sometimes you just gotta keep it real. <laughs> so I mean, if we can go three and two on this homestand, which would be a miracle because we haven't won a game in forever, that would really be what we need, I think, to kind of try to turn this season around. If you want to, yeah, does that even do we want to win those to games? Conveying that eight, eight, you know, the 
pick outside the top eight or whatever. Yeah. I'm, I'm just saying if that's where if that's where the franchise is really um, focused, which by everything that they've done, that is their goal is to convey that pick this year. They are trying to win, even though failing miserably, but trying. Yeah, I don't know. I'll know what their goal is by the trade deadline, right? I feel like that'll be kind of the February seventh, well, theoretically. Yeah, I mean, yeah, yeah. yeah, which is after, which would be after this step, this, this homestead. Yeah, or it's just radio silence like the past couple of Maybe. years. Like, yeah, you forget to trade everyone. What I yeah, what I don't like about it is like they could very easily be on the phones, you know, twenty four seven with GMs right now trying to get trades going, but no one could be like answering, you know, and like. Well, we don't know that, you know, that we could sit here and be blog boys all we want. We don't know what they're doing, but I kind of would like, I've always, this would be unrealistic, but I kind of wish you could see all those, like you could see all the offers made, even ones that didn't get consummated, like just, just so it would seem like, I think it'd be a cool like end of the season thing. Like all the yeah, transactions that were that's like brought, brought to the league, like to some level. Yeah. Yeah. It's something to show that these guys aren't just sitting finger in their buttholes, like in the, you know, and on one Beal or whatever the, not one Beal, whatever the Grizzlies address is. 191 Beal street, baby. Okay. Then, um, but yeah, I agree. But I'm, I mean, we know that they're working, um, just don't know who it is that they're looking to get rid of and things like that. So, but if we were to go to three and two over that five game home stretch, that would be that'd be pretty sweet. That'd have us at twenty two and twenty nine. And then looking at the rest of the games in total, we have thirty six games remaining. And we play nine games against three teams, which are the Wolves, OKC, and Ugh. the Mavs. So that's a fourth of our remaining schedule. In theory, the Wolves Oh dang, that's crazy. In theory, we should be able to beat the Wolves and Mavs, but also, in theory, they're better than us. (laughs) (laughs) On on the record side, they are better. Yeah, and OKC is way better than us. They have athletes. They play defense. And then, so those are nine of our games, like I said, a fourth of the rest of our season. And then we have eight games against the three of these teams, the Warriors, the Clippers, and the Blazers. And you got to assume that that's uh, losses. Oh, well, that's yeah, we six, won't win a single game. One. Yeah. So that's 15 games right there that are all pretty tough matchups. Yeah. I mean, and, and I, I went through the schedule and I kind of did a best case scenario analysis of, you know, giving us the benefit of the doubt of playing like we were the 12 and five team and counting wins and losses. And I went with, uh, 22 and 14 the rest of the way to put us at 41 and 41 exactly 500 on the year so i feel like if we play the absolute best we can play the rest of the way we would be 500 and miss the playoffs i think yeah that would put us in the purgatory land for sure convey the pick i guess Uh, yeah i I, I, i'm gonna do some analysis probably get an article up but uh my very short research says we need to get to like 30 ish wins to not get in the bottom eight. So I'm going to, I'll look into that a little further. I'll I'll report uh, back. I I was looking at something on cleaning the glass and they had us projected to get 32 wins. And I think we were 24th. So that would be what? Six, six, seventh worst. Mm. Because there's 30 teams. So So we uh, need the bad teams to keep losing. Yeah. Yeah. 
I mean, we're, we're not winning, so it's not like we're we're making headway. I mean, shit, way. dude, we're a bad team. Like, I yeah, mean, we, we, yeah, yeah, we're a bad team. yeah, like there uh, is there anything you know taking that twelve five start out of the picture, like it, other than the fact that we have theoretically good players that and those teams don't. I mean, are we better than the Suns? Are we better no, than I Knicks? Mean, I mean, are we? I, mean, I think we're better than the Suns, but and I, some of those teams in the East. But yeah, like I thought from the beginning of the season, I think. Every team above us right now in the Western Conference has a better roster than us, talent-wise. Yeah. Especially now that we're depleted by injuries. And when, I mean, mm-hmm. go back to the beginning of the show when I was reading off those numbers with Mark and Mike, and now you add in that they're just not having the same effort that they had at the beginning of the year. It's it's bad news bears. <laughs> Hell Yeah. <laughs> Billy Bob that's, Thornton that's is not walking through that door to save it. <laughs> yeah, that's what yeah. GBB needs to change their name to. <laughs> <laughs> the BB. BB. BN. Got yeah. it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, yeah. Uh, I mean, some very winnable games coming up this week, and we'll we'll see. This is like the last chance for this team to to make a stand and, you know, really fight for something and make something of this season. It's It's got to come this week at home. Yeah, Grizzlies have been dealt a pretty rough hand recently. Uh, to date, they have the second hardest strength of schedule in the league, according to Basketball Reference. So, yeah, ho- been, hopefully, yeah, it, it it it's been a gauntlet, as I mentioned earlier. Hopefully, we can steal some wins and get some direction on like what what we're doing here. Well, yeah. I think things are will kind of play themselves out over the. Like I said, this. I think this week is huge for the future of this season and the future of the franchise, probably. Dang, now I'm super nervous. Mm. Everyone tune in to Sports South. Hey. Or go I, to the game, better yet. We'll be tuned in. Yeah. Oh, yeah, y'all, y'all, will, be, y'all will be at the game. I'll yeah. be on the pass. Be catching those coming, baby. dope-ass videos, baby. <laughs> yeah. Baby! Hey, yo. All right, you guys got anything else before we close out this show? Shout out to the Memphis State Tigers, baby. Memphis State Tigers keep keeping us happy. They're yeah. keeping us alive over here for sure. Four and one in the conference. Uh looking like they'll be able to hold serve at home and maybe win some games on the road too. So uh should be a fun rest of the season for a group of guys who not a lot was expected from. Absolutely. Chief, parting words. Uh Jaron Jackson Jr. is conclusively better than Luka Doncic by every metric. Ah! Yeah, yeah, I know. I know. Uh, hi, Hope you're listening, you fucking Mavs fans. <laughs> <laughs> All right. And I don't hate Mike and Mark, man. Love you guys. Love Mike and Mark. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just keeping it real. <laughs> Thanks for what you've done. But like all good relationships... Uh, you know, well, not actually. I guess hopefully you don't divorce your wife. Yeah, man, this thing but. is just like burning out. You <laughs> yeah, know? yeah, yeah, yeah. Let's, We're just you watching know. it burn out. We tried to have the kid and Jaron Jackson in, and that didn't say no, the relationship. Didn't say the relationship. Let's just end it. Let's just cut our ties and uh, you know start building around this baby. We got a prenup, and we're all good. So let's trade them, motherfuckers. <laughs> all right, guys. Until next week, we are the Backdoor Cut Show. Find us on at Backdoor Cut Show on Twitter. Uh, courtesy of the barnburner.com that's the hyphen barnburner.com you get some grizzlies action on there everything you need to know and we will see you guys next week later peace thanks for listening and go grizz
hold the heights and all the breaks. What's more than brand? 